0: Warning, the following contains audio of two good friends attempting to discuss music with no qualifications whatsoever. No one asked for this, but you're going to get it. There will be shitty hot takes, terrible opinions, and impressions done poorly. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Howdy, friends. We're back again here at the Brood Book in Davenport, Iowa. Another packed house full of children full of adolescence. I think a little bit of everything in between. We got a nice little eclectic mix. I was telling Drake that on the way in, it was completely silent. And then when we walked in, now it's popping. Like We either bring the party or make the party leave. Yep. There's no in between. <laughs> How are you, friend?
0: <laughs> I'm good today. Uh, it's been surprisingly busy for a Sunday, but it's been a good busy. You know, I've been able to do some things I wanted to and get through the podcast, which I also want to do, and then Super Bowls tonight. So... That'll be, it'll be fun to be around other people. I'm not exactly excited for the game, to be fair, but, um, yeah, how are you?
1: I'm also doing lovely. Um, yeah, I, I realized that it was the Super Bowl this Sunday because I was also doing some working, and I'm not really too jazzed about it myself. I know people have one way or the other, and they're like, oh, it's going to be like the Taylor Swift show, and I'm like, that's great. I love that for her. If that's going to be the case, cool. If that's not going to be the case, cool. I just don't have any feelings either way about it. I'm like, yeah.
0: To make this about music, do do you even know who's doing the halftime show? Because I can't remember.
1: I do. It's Usher. And he has some guest appearances as well. So it's going to be kind of like the Dr. Dre halftime show where it's like him as like the main person. And then he's going to come out with people who are like affiliated with him and whatnot. I know Alicia Keys has been confirmed to come out and do a little ditty with him. They did a song that was really popular like 20 years ago. Jesus. as I (laughs) inhale... I feel myself turn to dust. So, I mean, that should be fun. I'll probably watch it on YouTube tomorrow or something, though. I can't feel like it's overtly urgent. Like, no shade to Usher. He's fun, I suppose, you know? But I just, yeah, I just, again, don't really have any feelings one way or the other about it.
0: Usher is the guy from the meme, right? Like, the that meme?
1: And for those at home, because this is an audio podcast, Drake did the, the watch this meme where he's like, watch this. Da, da. That is Usher, correct? <laughs> he's lived long enough to become a meme. <laughs> Drake said, I know these people i'm hip (laughs) even though usher hasn't been hip in like 10 years
0: (laughs) for some weird reason i kept thinking p diddy was the guy doing the halftime show this year um i don't know what that says about me and my knowledge of anything (laughs) but i just mixed those two guys up
1: well be glad that it's not p diddy at the halftime show because he's currently uh, amid uh, many allegations for some misconduct misconductious misconduct he's not a good person. <laughs> I was trying to describe him in a misconduct way. Mis- misconduous? No, I don't, yeah, yeah, Drake confirms it's probably not a word, but the sentiment is there. He's getting allegations over not being a great person and really causing a lot of people harm, so fuck that guy. <laughs> Anyways, we are here to talk music. I think if you want to let the people know what the theme is today, I don't really have a minigame per se, so we can just hop right into it once you let the people know.
0: Yeah, so the theme today is uh, one that you came up with actually, what bands that have done a wrestling performance at some point, uh, physically being there, performing the music, because I had to clarify that one myself, because I know a lot of bands that have given songs to WWE or TNA or AEW or whatever. But live performances are much fewer far between, unless you're Motorhead, who have played like 15 times for WWE, which if I liked Motorhead would be a great uh, time for them. But yeah, I don't hate Motorhead either, but I'm getting off the track here. <laughs> I just want to make sure before people come at me, that's all. But yeah, that's the whole idea of the episode today and the one I gave her. It was the only one I could even remember was Fozzie. All That Remains, um, their album that came out in 2005. Uh, it was their first album that they took the music seriously because at that point it was very much like a jokier cover band and sold this album so yeah
1: well heck yeah oh i forgot to talk about the beverage that i have today yeah you know we can't forget that uh it's not a frosty beverage today because we actually have sunshine it's actually kind of hot today even though i'm dressed like it's, it's it's still cold iowa doesn't know what it wants to do so if you're also living in the quad cities you understand this heavily it's like what 60 degrees let me see let me pull up the weather channel real quick like it feels like it's 60 okay yeah it's 40 but it feels like 36 i think the sun has a lot to do with that because it's not like windy there's not a lot of wind chill and that's from us the your local meteorologists (laughs) anyways i have a iced chai today and yeah a lemon loaf cake it's got some blueberries that i was just choking on in case you're wondering I promise i'm not still sick (laughs) Imagine if I was—that would have been terrible. Yeah, yeah. American healthcare. Anyways, I'm also getting off track. Friends, go get yourself another beverage. Go get yourself a snack, and we're gonna come and talk about some more music. Yay! Yeah, yeah. All right, and we're back. It's my turn to talk about some fuzzy. Talk about All That Remains. Came out in 2005. I just have to ask this, because I know we kind of wanted to go with the theme, but I'm also just genuinely curious, one way or the other. Are you a fan of Fozzy?
0: I do. I'm not a huge fan of Fozzy. I enjoy this album a lot. Then they had one, I think it was right after. Yeah, it was the one right after, Chasing the Girl. That's a really good album. I think one of my biggest problems with Fozzy is that a lot of times I don't think they know what they are. I think they're very all over the place, and like sometimes they're very classic rock heavy metal style and then sometimes they get super heavy and i'm like the super heavy stuff's pretty good and the classic rock's okay sometimes but they just feel very all over the place in my opinion and like this one has a ton of guest spots which i don't usually associate with metal albums being good in my opinion um and it's fine like it works on this album but there's a lot of these guest spots they don't they didn't really take themselves seriously until this point and their latter day stuff is just kind of eh to me but Yeah, I do enjoy those two albums, at least.
1: Okay, for sure. Because I, myself, am in that similar vein. I'm glad we have the same thoughts, because I'm not really too crazy about Fozzy, and most importantly, I'm not too crazy about Chris Jericho, who is the front man. He is not a good friend. (laughs) Putting that on the record right now, in comparison to all the other lead singers we've talked about, I will confirm on the record here, Chris Jericho, not a good friend. Absolutely not. But... In saying that, I am an astute journalist, and I will do my best to remain objective in discussing this album, because I did enjoy it, for the most part. I'll give it, like, a like a 75%. That's still passing. That's fine. But, yeah, I'll go ahead and get into it here. I will go ahead. And, actually, funnily enough, because I wanted to, like, Google some stuff about the album beforehand, just so I can have some fast facts, and there's actually a band that's called All That Remains, and I was like, that's not what I'm looking for, Yes, yeah, silly gooses, but... Even when I, like, look up All That Remains album, it gives me albums from that. So I have to be like, God, I just want the Fuzzy album. But we're here now. (laughs) And, yeah, it's their third studio album. And I'm really glad that you had pointed out that, like, this was the first album from them that kind of sounded like a concrete piece. Or at least it's somewhat of an identity. Because I did get some vibes from the songs. Not really specific ones, but just throughout the entire album that Chris Jericho can come off like, in his lead single, like, just the way that he presents himself and sometimes his voice, it kind of feels like he's cosplaying as a lead man versus actually being one. Like, I can imagine, again, this is just my own canon fan fiction speculation, while trying to remain objective, is that it almost feels like this is the way that he feels like he is portrayed like this is how he is in his head like he thinks like oh yeah like i'm mr cool Rockstar guy or i'm mr cool heavy metal guy and when in certain songs like not that his voice is bad because let me tell you gentlemen and ladies and everyone in between at home who's listening chris jericho is not a terrible singer is he the best singer no but he's he he has some level of ability it does not offend my ears with his vocal stylings But just the presentation of it, like, almost like when you can tell somebody's faking the funk a little bit, like, it just feels like he's like, oh, this is what a a rock guy is supposed to sound like, or this is what I think rock is. And then to play devil's advocate, maybe that's what other artists also, how they present themselves, if that makes sense. So this is not like a strictly like Chris Jericho hate piece. (laughs) Just an observation, though, that I found. But with that said. I will just go ahead and hand it off to you.
0: Yeah, I actually agree with you on that concept of Chris Jericho kind of cosplaying like a vocalist. It makes sense. I've often wondered numerous times if it has something to do with where we're coming from, too, because we're wrestling fans, and that's where we found out about Chris Jericho first. And, like, it kind of does come across like he's just kind of... Going up to eleven with the character he already possesses in professional wrestling in music, and it kind of feels like a parody just because of that. Or if it is just that at the end of the day, I've always been very curious on that. Like to ask somebody who's like found Fozzy without it being through wrestling, you know, if they would have that same opinion, you know?
1: Yeah, I definitely think we should do that. I think that'd be a fun little bit of content if we found like a metalhead or somebody who's just like strictly a rock guy, no relation to wrestling at all, and we just had them do like a blind listen. And we were like, what does this guy, how does this guy come off to you? Because you're right. I think that's a really great point. Thank you for sharing that. Because, yeah, we are so used to just like Chris Jericho, the character, and being so over the top and being so like, Ayatollah, rock and roller, blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, I forgot there's kids here. <laughs> for the people at home, I made an obscene gesture with my hands. I will refrain. I'll keep my hands in my pockets from now on. My My hand. Yes, my single hand. Yes, my one hand made an obscene gesture, and this hand will now go in my pocket. My hand privileges have been revoked. (laughs) But goodness, tangents of glory today. We're doing fantastic. The actual track listing, let's get into that. Nameless Faceless was the first intro, and I think Chris Jericho is smart. I do think this was very intentional because it is a feature with Miles Kennedy. Our good friend, Miles Kennedy. We are confirming Miles Kennedy. Great friend. Yeah, and I think for the actual like rock heads that may listen to this album, having somebody notable like Miles Kennedy right at the get-go in my opinion might establish some credibility or be like, "Oh, well if Miles Kennedy is cool with Fozzy, then you know Fozzy must be cool cuz I feel like we attach a certain level of value from me, at least musically in my opinion for who people choose to associate themselves with if that makes sense. So, na- the fact that Nameless Faceless I feel like was a very intentional move to make this the first song on the whole album and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Is it because Miles Kennedy is on it? Sure, but I think that Chris also did his his due diligence and in, in coming across as, you know, like trying to present a vision at least. Because as you said, I guess I haven't listened to the t- albums before this, but the fact that you said they sounded very good cover band-esque. They didn't really have a sound. I think this was like their attempt to be like, this is what we're going to sound like. Then we're going to enlist Miles Kennedy to help us with the street cred, if you will. <laughs> um, next though.
0: I just wanted to make a, a funny ar- or funny point here because when I first heard this track, I had no idea that there was a guest vocalist on there. Um, and I was like, wow, Chris Jericho is actually a really good vocalist. <laughs> because miles kennedy of course has a tremendous voice and again we're not shitting on chris jericho's voice he has a good voice but (laughs) if you listen to the song and you hear the part that is 100 percent miles kennedy you'll know why that's funny for me
1: oh yeah absolutely and is it too early for people to pause and do a listen i mean sure why not it's our podcast we can do what we want you can pause and go listen to nameless faceless by posy from their album all that remains and then come back to hear more riveting commentary (laughs) All right, neat. That was real neat. Next up on the album, I think this is the most known Fozzy song to me. I feel like this song was pretty poppin' when it first came out because it did have a video on MTV, and that same music video got banned from MTV for very obvious reasons. Uh, It is called Enemy by Fozzy, and I think even it was used for a pay-per-view, wasn't it? I feel like it was. Yeah, I remember it being like the, a pay-per-view theme as well, but I, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. So yeah, it's a very catchy tune. I think Jericho's harmonies in this one really did him justice. And I think that in music as well, even if you're not the best singer, not to go on a million tangents here, but for example, like Machine Gun Kelly, not the best singer. And he knows he's not the best singer, but he does things and presents himself in a way that makes sense and plays to his strengths rather than trying to do other words. So like... For Chris Jericho and Enemy here, I feel like he did the same thing. Like the harmonics, the register. I'm going to go ahead and use those words <laughs> that he really exemplified here. I think was really top tier. And if you haven't seen the music video, friends, you should go and watch it. Uh, trigger warning for those who are sensitive to unaliving exploits. It has that as a theme in the music video. But moving forward, Wanderlust featuring Zach Wilde. And let me tell you, when I seen the feature, I was like, where do I know Zach Wilde from? I feel like he is somebody that I know, or at least the name looks familiar. And in rock, that's not very often. So if I can recognize somebody, I know that's for a reason. And of course, he was known as the lead guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) My initial guess was completely wrong, but I'll go ahead and let you have your thought before I give mine.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to cut in, but it's very funny that you bring that up, because it, it just like clicked with me, because I knew Zach Wilder was on this album for a very long time, but the reason that the band's called Fozzy is because their name was Fozzy Osborne at one time, and so that just makes it even better, now that I remember, now that I put those two pieces together.
1: If that's not storytelling, then I don't know what is. <laughs> Incredible. But yeah, for some reason... And I think this is just a bit unintentionally, but it is now. I am cringed, but I am free, and I will accept this. I thought that Zach Wilde was, like, a member of Avenged Sevenfold. (laughs) And so when I Googled him, like, that is not even remotely close. I don't know who I was thinking. Is there a Zach in Avenged Sevenfold? I'm going to Google that. Okay, and he's, like, the guitarist, right? Okay, okay, yes. Drake says that I'm good. They're both guitarists named Zach. They probably get spelled in different ways he's googling it right now to confirm what's the consensus here Zachy vengeance okay see don't come at me that's gonna be the title of this episode don't come at me <laughs> for everything so yeah he definitely got a, a lot again a lot more street cred for having to include zach wilde who is a notoriously awesome guitar player and the solo on the back end of this song was fantastic um before i realized that it was zach wilde i was like man is fozzy's guitar X back okay like because he's just carrying this right now nope it's just zach wilde and he's fantastic and kudos for fozzy and gang for getting him on this track because yeah it really blew me away this guitar solo if you haven't heard it, friends it's pretty top notch and i get it why he's yeah He's fantastic.
0: He is a fantastic guitarist. I'm actually going to pull up a picture if you haven't seen it. Have you seen his guitar before? I'm assuming no. All right, let me pull that up. It's a great guitar.
1: Before you pull it up for the audio people at home, can you describe it? He's Googling it right now.
0: All right, it took me a minute, but there's this guitar that I remember. It's like a little target spiral thing. It's like white and black at every other line is white and black. I always thought it's like very cool and like almost psychedelic hypnotic that's the word I'm looking for it's very hypnotic in a way but yeah his guitar is very cool
1: it is very cool can confirm and it does look like a target yeah it's like alternating patterns and yeah heck yeah thanks for sharing um let's see what's next the title track all that remains is fine objectively there was really nothing on this track that knocked my socks off per se like again just fine I'd give that like like a C if I was rating things like still passing didn't offend my ears by any means but I definitely think it's along the lines of not knowing where they wanted to go it just sounds like generic rock like if I were to make a create your character on WW 2k who looked like John Cena in 2002 with like the flat top and the trunks you know <laughs> yes the prototype this would be his theme song So yeah, that's all I got about that. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, The Test, again, fine. But I do think that as this album goes on, Chris Jericho himself, not the band, because I think his backing band, like the instrumentalists, like the guitar, the drums, everything, it's all very consistent. And I appreciate that. Like, if you can be consistently good at what you do, that's just, I can't ask for more. But Jericho specifically, and like his vocals, the way that... He chooses to maneuver his vocals. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it was on uh, the test. There is, I think it's on the back end of the song, if not like the last third or so. He tries to attempt like this spoken word type thing. And it is very strange. I feel like I would be a hypocrite on this podcast. Because, you know, for this entire project, I'm always like, yeah, I love weird stuff. We need to get more weird. I'm all about it. Yes, this is weird, but I also feel like I have the right to be like, good for you for trying something weird. I still don't like it. (laughs) So, definitely, if you haven't heard it, it is interesting because then it leads into the next song, which is a ton.
0: It is. Before we get into that track, though, um, spoken word is very hard. You'd think it's like the easiest thing to do in music, but it's very hard. You have to have like the proper voice and the proper, like, intoning of words when you're doing it and um yeah not everybody can do it we actually go to last week when we were talking about lamb of god i think d randall bly does a phenomenal job at spoken word in his songs um so yeah i agree with you
1: absolutely absolutely because that's a great point because in that episode if you haven't listened to it go check it out i did greatly shed praise on his spoken word and i'm like this is great i really thought that was a great addition in Fozzie's case on, you know, the test at the very end of the song, I just felt like it was him throwing stuff at the wall and being like, let me try this and try. And and I'm like, that's great. I will definitely applaud you for trying. I will never shade anybody. And most importantly, I will never try to put anybody into a box. I will never say like, oh, you should just stick to this Chris Jericho. Like, this is what you're good at. Do that. No, I won't do that. But I will say, maybe that doesn't work. (laughs) Like, congrats for trying. Not for me. And that spoken word specific part of the test goes into it's a lie and oh brother that was it is very strange kind of i don't want to say problematic because that's a little dramatic but it definitely felt a little off-putting and i'll explain why i feel like chris jericho for the most part in this song was like attempting to do like some kind of like rap rock type thing in this song but it's not even the fact that like you can't do rap rock because you absolutely can like that's something i'm sure he was inspired by and was like hey i want to try this but drake has a face well, what's up
0: <laughs> i was just gonna add you can do it but you probably shouldn't <laughs>
1: correct correct you can but should you <laughs> should you and so with that he, he does attempt to do like a little rap rock kind of moment and it does say that like Bone Crusher who is like a hip-hop person is featured on this song but I'm trying to figure out like where exactly his parts are because I cannot remember or maybe I just blacked out this song entirely because gosh there's some parts yeah it's it's just bad because I'm just gonna say that it's bad it's bad Chris (laughs)
0: And I'm agreeing here because I see Maria trying to be nice. I feel like she's trying to protect my feelings. I also don't like this song. If I could take one song off of an album, it would be this one here because it is so strange. It's not good at all. Um, I like the rest of the album enough, but this album or this song, excuse me, is rough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know if this makes you feel better or worse, but my my niceness is not necessarily for your feelings, but more so because I feel like. I'm trying to remain objective because I can very easily just spout off all the reasons why I dislike Chris Jericho and the things that he does. So just trying to find that middle ground of being like, "Ah, I got to talk about the music, not how he is as a person. (laughs) But in any case, with this song, not only was he attempting like a rap rock type of thing, but he also was doing it in like a such a strange voice, like allegedly. And this might be a stretch, but it almost came out kind of like a black scent in some parts and I just you know when somebody like intentionally tries to put some inflection when he was like does that make sense kind of where I was like Chris you don't like white rappers don't put on black sense for the most part like I'm not saying that you can't rap because people of your kind do it all the kind Chris but like when you try to put on a character to it and try to make a parody of it when it's a genre that people very much love respect and revere it's not a good look, Chris. It's not. So that's why I was like on Apple Music, it didn't show that Bone Crusher was a feature. So you can imagine when I was listening to this and I didn't know there was an actual hip hop person on it. I was like, Chris, what are we doing? And then there's like a random lady (laughs) just out of nowhere. Like my friends, I cannot describe to you how weird this is. Like we're going through this weird rap rock moment with Chris and Bone Crusher, wherever he is in the song. And then like a lady who has a very nice voice, mind you, I have no idea who this lady is because she's not featured, but she just starts like, ah, and I'm like, what is happening? I, I want to get off this ride. For it only being a four-minute song, I felt like it could not end fast enough. Please, not good. And then we get out of the, the the fever dream haze of this song, and we go into days of the week, which objectively, again, is a good mid fuzzy song like i feel like it's a very good benchmark song for fozzy like it's just back to the usual enemy all that remains type of vibe the guitar and the drums especially on here are great i think they kind of brought me back to life after i was like checked out (laughs) 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 and then we get mark tremonti what a gift this is the light at the end of the tunnel i was so happy when i seen that he was here i was like thanks please save us mark i was giving him like the help me eyes (laughs) save me (laughs) and yeah he was featured on the song the way i am which is track number eight so glad he was here just a treat as always and i think personally i will have an agenda to have him featured on more things i know this was released in 2005 that doesn't matter <laughs> it's our lord and savior 2024 and i still want mark Chamanti on more things he saved my listening experience at this point so shout out to mark Chamanti as always
0: if you do want more, more Mark Tremonti guest spots, uh there's an album that came out in two thousand seven from Seven Dust, um, called Chapter Seven, Hope and Sorrow. And I think he has maybe his best solo ever on that song, in my humble opinion, because I know you're really getting into solos on your listens with these albums and stuff. So yeah, it's called Hope. It's track three on chapter seven, Hope and Sorrow. Uh it's a lot of words and numbers, I hope you remember it by the time we get out.
1: I won't, but I'll probably text you later and be like, what was that again? send me the screenshots (laughs) don't ask me to remember things lazarus track nine was kind of forgetful the ending track born of anger featuring marty friedman do you know of marty friedman who is this gentleman
0: I actually looked it up again to refresh my memory. He's uh, the lead guitarist for Megadeth, and he is a phenomenal guitar player. I don't know, is he still in Megadeth? Best known for his tenure in Megadeth, so he's not a part of Megadeth anymore. Dave Mustaine probably got angry at him for doing something <laughs> stupid and kicked him out, So, <laughs> but he is a very good guitarist. That
1: Dave Mustaine, I'm telling you out here, be like, you know what you're done? Yeah. <laughs> Marty, get your things and go. <laughs> but Martin, Martin, <laughs> Martin Friedman. <laughs> incredible so with that said i was wondering if he was like a guitarist or another vocalist because this song again was another completely different foray from anything that fozzy had done up until this point on this album it was another like throw something at the wall and see if it sticks from chris specifically he was doing like a little growly moment like a little try to like heavy metal death moment i don't know if that's a generalization but It definitely felt like he was definitely getting into his growl era. And I didn't know how I felt about it. I was like, this doesn't sound bad, but it just doesn't come across as something I feel like suits him, if that makes sense.
0: I'm I have been under the impression. It's not credited anywhere that I know of. Um but I'm under the impression that's not Chris Jericho doing that. I don't know who it is because Marty Freeman is the only like acknowledged guest. Um but my gut is telling me it's Rich Ward who's the guitar player. Because uh, he does some vocals as well. Because he does vocals in Enemy. That little bridge towards the last part of the chorus is Rich Ward singing. So I want to say it's Rich Ward because he has more like, I guess, a dynamic range compared to Chris Jericho. But he also doesn't. <laughs> he also like doesn't have the lead vocal, like, sound to him either. Like he's a good vocalist, but I think he knows that he's a good backing vocalist. Um, but yeah, I want to say he's the he's the guy doing that. I could be wrong, but that's just what I guessed.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'll take that. He's uh you know people have ghost writers, Chris Jericho has a, a ghost growler, so <laughs> it's my ghost growler, Hello, so yeah, above all else, on all music, this album was given a three and a half stars, and I concur with that. I will also give that three and a half stars out of five. not the worst thing I've ever heard. It's a lie deserves to burn in a fire, never be heard for my ears ever again shout out to bone crusher wherever he is i'll probably have to listen to that song again unfortunately and just see where he's at because i like repressed everything after i heard jericho's wild and crazy rap voice never rap again chris (laughs) it's not for you and yeah any any other thoughts before we round this off
0: i mean i'm just glad you got some enjoyment out of it because i knew um I actually didn't know about how you found Chris Jericho until last week. We had never discussed this person at any point. And I'm I'm at least glad you got some enjoyment out of it because, yeah, I mean, even for me personally, like Fozzie's not a band that I absolutely love and I, like, had to give to you or anything like that, but... Yeah. um, I'm I'm just I'm glad you got something out of it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And thanks as always for sending this my way. I did want to leave you. I, I just remember this. I didn't put this in my notes, but I had a little light bulb moment that I had found a little fun fact about Fozzy, not about this album specifically, but the only front to back Fozzy album that I have ever listened to was How to Start a War. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. And I enjoyed that quite a bit when it came out. I was like, okay, chris i suppose Uh, and i feel like that's like around the time when he was like no this is just what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna stop doing weird stuff and so i appreciated that but the lead single from that album was lights go out which is objectively like a pretty banger of a song but the fun fact i wanted to give to you was that when did this album come out 2014 so in 2014 they did like a poll where they asked like all the gentlemen's clubs and stirp joints in the united states what song like girls mostly dance to in 2014 and it was lights go out by fozzy they got the the top spot for the entertainment ladies <laughs> so good good for chris i guess <laughs> yeah i mean if that's your market <laughs>
0: All right, so now that we've wrapped up, wrapped up talking about Fozzy here, um, we can go on to our album that Maria gave me for this week for a band that has done a performance for wrestling. I'm, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking of like why these bands were performing, and it's just so random both times, but yes, I'll hand it off to Maria.
1: Absolutely, thanks for that. Uh, yeah randomly too and I think these are just fun little coincidences that we always stumble upon is that both of these albums were released in 2005 and we did not intend for that at all so that's hilarious and then also just I was thinking about this while I was driving over here today and I don't know this is just how my brain works I guess but I was like man I revisited this album that I gave you from Three Six Mafia it came out in 2005 and it was called Most Known Unknown and it was a pretty popping album. Like, if you go to Apple Music, this is the album that they recommend you listen to from 36 Six Mafia. And it's really funny to me because I haven't listened to this album probably since I listened to it initially <laughs> back in, like, 2005, 2006. And the most hilarious part, too, is that I only listened to this album when it was like the edited version because my mom would only listen, let me listen to like hip hop and rap music if I got the edited versions of albums so I, I would only listen to this album as the edited version so legit for the first time recently this week I went back just to revisit this album to see if I liked it as much as I remembered unedited and the actual shock and awe that I had I said I understand why my mother did not want me to listen to this as a 10 year old so when I asked to you a couple weeks ago I was like is 10 year old Drake okay I was like was 10 year old me okay <laughs> listening to this cause like I'm sure you'll get into it not to stomp on your leaves or anything but I was like some of these lyrics I was like goodness gracious I was so what's the word I'm looking for oblivious that's the word I'm looking for I was so oblivious that any of this was happening as I was a 10 year old and I just liked the beats and I was like these guys are cool we're staying fly <laughs> till I die ah 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 <laughs> and so I was like oh no as I was listening to it unedited and then I was like I gave this to Drake to listen to what have I done <laughs> so um yeah it was a, a pretty fantastic at the time album not to say it's not fantastic now it's just a lot and uh how they relate to wrestling I didn't just give you this album all willy-nilly is that one they are the artists that did Mark Henry's theme which is called Somebody's Gonna Get It. Great song. It's a bop. It definitely gets you in the mood to fight some people. And then finally, they randomly performed that song on like a SmackDown. (laughs) No, no advertising. They're just like, and now here's 365. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, this is cool. And that's how I found out about them. And that's how I found out about this album, because of wrestling. And then it's all downhill from here. (laughs) But yes, I I definitely would love to hear your thoughts regardless, because I know you're probably going to have many... As I also had many when I was listening, but you can take it away from here.
0: Actually, you brought up something that I wanted to touch upon, because this song that Three Six Mafia did for Mark Henry was on Reckless Intent, or was that on a different one? I
1: think it was on volume six, the the, the album that came after, the one with Jeff Hardy's theme, the No More Words, that banger. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it was on that album, because I remember the album cover or was it on reckless intent hold on i'm gonna google it because i I had both albums i had reckless intent and then i also had the album that followed that had like the jeff hardy song on it let's see oh no it did it was on reckless intent that's a great wrestling album by the way all the bangers so there you go yeah
0: i actually wasn't sure when you brought that up because um i would have believed you because the reckless intent was more of a rock metal album but man that was my favorite wrestling album of music that had so many good ones rvd's one was great batista's iconic theme song came from it like that was i kind of miss that i kind of miss getting those albums every once in a while because now everybody just comes out to generic metal core and i just don't care but <laughs> yeah this album uh, most known unknown starts out with the first song most known unknown hits which is a uh an intro piece, which I actually found to be pretty cool, uh, because the whole track was then basically describing what the whole concept of the album was, and I thought that was really neat, actually. I was like, thanks, 3-6 Mafia. <laughs> that helps me out. I don't need to think too much now. <laughs> I will say, now that I've brought up the name 3-6 Mafia, it still bothers me that one of the, the three is spelled out, and the six is just the number. Is there a reason for that, or is it just to piss me off?
1: I'm gonna Google that. I'm gonna find out why, because I've also wondered why, why it's not just 3-6 Mafia. But while you are... Given your thoughts, I'm going to give that a Google. Yeah,
0: that sounds good, because um, I am very curious on that one. But um, the next song after that is uh, Stay Fly, which has Young Buck and 8-Ball and MJG. I don't know any of these people. Um, oh, 8 ball and MJG is a hip-hop duo, but that song is uh, very good, as Maria mimicked the chorus and how the vocaling style is done. Um, I'm glad she did it, because I didn't want to do it. So... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I very much enjoyed that because um it was very catchy as a course and I hadn't really heard anything like that prior. Um I've heard like stuff like it in metal a little bit, how they like stop their voice a little bit and it's like what is that called? Like it's not an echo, but when they like stop their voice like that, I, I don't know how to describe it.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to describe it either, but it's definitely like a production thing. Yeah, it's definitely like very intentional. Um don't know. It's very hard to describe, too, like, unless I just imitate it again, which I will not put you through again, but it's basically taking some of these vocals and, like, almost kind of making it into, like, a stutter, yeah. but it's cool. Right. Yeah. i have to check and see what that is but there's definitely a a term for it
0: it might actually be called a staccato now that i'm thinking about it yeah if i have that term right i hope i haven't just biffed it my year of piano lessons hopefully has come in handy but i think it actually is called a staccato when it's vocally like that where it's like real quick and stops and starts like that but yeah it made that course very catchy as a result um and there was one song on here, Don't Violate, which is a good song. But it also made me laugh a little bit because it features a guy named Frasier Boy. And I'm watching Frasier right now. <laughs> and Just imagining the super white, like artsy Frasier Crane doing this song makes me laugh a lot. But <laughs> I did enjoy myself a lot with that one. And then the track after that, uh, Swervin', which is uh, track five on the album. It has a really good atmosphere, which I, I mention that all the time on this podcast, the atmosphere makes a huge difference in anything, really, Uh, whether it's a horror movie or um, a song. I think it lends itself to greater success as a result. And for some reason, while listening to that track, I thought of GTA loading screen music. Yeah. And I thought that was very nice. That kind of sent me back to playing GTA 4, the one with Nico Bellic, niko balik if i have the name right russian that was what i was trying to think of just popping up that loading screen having a good time with my buddies that night
1: absolutely and i didn't want to just backtrack on your on your thoughts here but i wanted to get your thoughts real quick if you had any i don't if you don't have any notes on i'll explain why i wanted to bring this up on don't violate which was track number four which also had fraser boy but but yeah if you had thoughts on it I wanted to hear if maybe you caught on to what I thought you might enjoy. But if not, I'd be happy to elaborate.
0: No, you can elaborate on that one because while I do remember enjoying it, I don't remember anything specific off the top of my head.
1: Okay, we'll go ahead and look up the lyrics to that real quick and then you'll understand what my, my commentary on that is. And I was like, I feel like Drake would enjoy this one. And it's just a whole hoot and holler. <laughs> Specifically, the hook or the chorus. <laughs> And just just let me know when you're there. <laughs> yes. And so the reason why I thought you would enjoy that particularly because I was like, oh, this is the Eric, uh, the, the Red Foreman theme song. <laughs> this is this is Red Foreman yeah. to a T. <laughs> and I know how much you you enjoy that 70 show. So the entire time I'm listening to this, I am also picturing Red Foreman <laughs> <laughs> rapping it and it is just top tier so if you haven't googled it friends go google don't violate lyrics by three six mafia go look for the hook and you'll you'll understand that reference it's pretty fantastic
0: (laughs) yeah that's uh that's incredible i um i remember that song exactly now after i pulled up that hook too like i remember the exact (laughs) chorus and that is great now that song has an even brighter meaning to it for me because i do in fact love that 70s show and red and kitty foreman
1: absolutely also i have an answer but a non-answer to your question I wasn't able to find a reason why it's stylized that way, but the reason why they're called 3-6 Mafia is because it started with three people in the group, and then it ended with six. 3-6 six Mafia. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> That's it. Um, they were originally, it's like a giant conspiracy to this day, that they were like low-key like Satan worshippers. So like the 3-6 Mafia was like the 6 6, six. Yeah, and so people were like, they're satanic. They like Satan. And then also, like, in their LP Mystic Styles, which is more of a degree of horrorcore, which I think they touched on in this album, which I'll elaborate what that is as well, but they had, like, different satanic bars in it where it's like, "Uh, I'm on a cross, Lucifer, please cut me free, or, you know, the demonic man about to set me free, and... Even DJ Paul, who's one of the members of 3-6 Mafia, identified Lucifer as the leader of 3-6 Mafia. So people were losing their minds like, oh, blah, blah, blah. but that was dispelled when they won uh, an Academy Award in 2006. And Juicy J, which was like their breakout member, he thanked Jesus for their nomination and their win in their speech. So he's like, clearly, they don't. They're not actual Satanists, guys. We can chill out. Not that it would have been a problem if they were. People get their... You know, panties and a bunch, but like, in any case, there's the answer, non-answer to your question.
0: No, that's fair. Um, I actually thought when I saw the name, it was like a uh, an area code type thing or something like that, because I know, but then it's not enough numbers as well, so it doesn't really matter. But that makes sense. Um, <laughs> anyways, on to the uh, next track um, that I wanted to ask about, uh, "Side to Side," which is track nine on the album. Was that? I actually see a link to another thing here so i assume this was a single at some point because this sounded really familiar to me it was
1: it was the third single it was the last single i believe and so um it did i'm trying to remember where it was featured in like single wise because it was i remember it was a single because the the three singles were stay fly pop in my collar and side to side but yeah exactly stay fly and pop in my collar were more popular out of the three but side to side was still i'm trying to remember i know it was featured somewhere i'm gonna also look into that but in any case, yeah, you're correct. That was the same. all right,
0: cool. Yeah, I, I remember these songs sometimes <laughs> every once in a while. I'm just like, that sounds like something I've heard before. But um, yeah, moving on. Um, Got You Hooked has a uh, has some really nice instrumentation. There's actually I think I wrote down three songs that had very good instrumentation. It was that one. Don't You Get Mad, and Body Parts 3, which implies that there were two other body part tracks before it. Uh, (laughs) I thought they all had very nice instrumentation. But uh, the first one that I stated um, has like a very uh, classical backdrop, and it has like what I think is a violin. Don't quote me on it. And, I mean, we all know I'm a sucker for that, and good production on top of it, which I think all these songs have, too. Um, But I think that added a really strong layer to it. And then it led into Don't You Get Mad, which has like a choirish organ sounding thing. I could not place what that instrument was. Um it sounded like a choir almost like a if you go on your keyboard and like pick the choir setting, that's what it reminded me of. But yeah, and then Body Parts Three um <laughs> was also good for the the choirish organ stuff as well. Um and I thought, you know, overall they did a good job cultivating that grander sound like that I would expect from Dr. Dre and anything that he's like Produce so I was very happy with that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I wanted to be like, I'm sorry, there's no tummy references here. I was, you know, I was like, I you love a good tummy reference, but next time. <laughs> and uh, I guess with that said, I wasn't sure if you're gonna touch on it. So if so, feel free to be like, hey, I'm not done yet. But. I just wanted to know what you thought about the outro too because I thought the outro was just as hilarious as the intro and it's just like peak 3-6 Mafia specifically Juicy J because he does this a lot not even just on his own songs and 3-6 Mafia songs but songs that he's featured on he'll just just have himself like a, a post song chat just for whatever reason and then like he has a little catchphrase that I cannot repeat because there are children in here but it's he's just a hoot so the fact that he just also takes himself so on seriously even though some of these lyrics in these songs was a little like oh jesus it just makes me laugh that you know you can still have a silly goofy time even when you're talking about things
0: (laughs) i didn't write anything down about the outro but i do remember the outro and i remember having a good time on it Um, i do like a good intro outro and they like you said are just having such a fun time while making this so I get, I get it for that type of thing, uh, because I think I mentioned on the podcast a while back where it was like when they have like the one, two, three in a song. I hate that. But like, I kind of like it when it's just like a little conversation, because I, that I understand, you know, you actually feel like you're in the room, you know, just talking with them. But um, yeah, the other one's stupid.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. For specific purposes, the outro got me when I was listening to it recently, because it's just Juicy J being like, hey, you just listened to our album, so uh, we're going to need the money so tell your friends tell them to please listen to this and then he just goes on to shout like other people he's like um i also think that little wayne is putting out a project this year and trick daddy he's also putting an album this year you should go listen to those and he's like uh it's gonna be a big year for us probably gonna win something and they did they won an academy award in 2006 so he like prophesized that yeah he's like 2006 is gonna be a great year for 36 mafia so listen to this album tell people to listen to this album because we need the money. (laughs) I was like, yeah, you know what? Good for you. I appreciate you asking. JCJ, thank you for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was great. But overall, I did have a good time with the album. Um, Another good uh, album from a production standpoint. And this one, like we just stated, had some really fun points to it in the intro, outro. They were having a good time. I would like to add on the end of this, since we brought up all music earlier, Three Six Mafia got four and a half stars on this one. So, the better rated album finished us off
1: (laughs) as it should as god intended
0: (laughs) all right so on the next week i'm very excited about this idea i thought of this one a while ago and it'll be my very first repeat album that i've given maria over gosh how long have we been doing this podcast like a year now no it has been a year i just got notified on facebook
1: same well i got notified of the of the the vague post that i did where i was like me and drake are gonna be doing something cool y'all want to see and here we are being exclusively not cool
0: (laughs) but yeah after a year i'm gonna get my first repeat here and i think it makes sense though because the idea that i had was a band that dramatically changed their sound and i probably should have done it in the inverse but we had discussed opeth in the past with the favorite album from the past five years i think was the one we did opeth for if my memory serves me well um and that was that was the change in sound within Caught of Venenum. Um That was their fourth album in the new sound. Um, but their sound prior to it, you can still hear elements of it, but it is a, a stark change. And I'm very excited to hear what you think. I always like giving people one of Opeth's albums from each, <laughs> each world because it's very, very fun. But their album, Blackwater Park, uh, is probably their most renowned one in this whole era of their music and came out in 2001 so 22 years ago. Yeah, and it's uh very excited to hear you think of it, especially comparatively so to the one I gave you like right at the start of the podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'll probably have to go and revisit both just so I can like compare and contrast. Please don't feel the need to do so with mine, but I definitely think it'd be fun because I did enjoy like Incata Veninum very much. And I was like, heck yeah. This is, I think, where our love of Swedes, (laughs) Swedish friends. This was the the impetus for that. So to get to hear them as they were before, I think that's very exciting. So I'm also very excited to hear it. As I told Drake off the record before we began, I was like, mine will never surprise you. It should not surprise you. And mistakenly I was like you know that Clint Eastwood gif of him being like no I don't think I will and he's like what do you mean (laughs) it is Captain America saying no I don't think I will so when anybody comes at me asking well why didn't you pick somebody different no I don't think I will so for Drake and the artist that drastically changed their song I will go ahead and give you Tickets to My Downfall by Machine Gun Kelly this is the first pop-punk album. I know you're not a fan of pop-punk, but I think comparing it to Hotel Diablo, which you listened to previously, early on in the podcast as well. If I can remember, it was the fourth episode because all of my friends were like, did you do Machine Gun killer on your first episode? And I said, no, it was the fourth. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Self-Control. Look it up. <laughs> so yeah, I think we're both, coming to like this roundabout way from our earlier episodes now that we're a year in. Seasoned pros. And yeah, even if the genre itself isn't your bag, I think it'll still be enjoyable for you in terms of being able to compare the different sounds. Because he does utilize his voice in a very different way than he did on Hotel Diablo, obviously, because he's not rapping. But in any case, I hope you enjoy. Uh, Travis Barker had a big hand in producing this album. And I believe he did the drums for the title track. So yeah, we love Travis Barker here.
0: I will say, just to round it off, um, everything you've shown me from Machine Gun Kelly, I've enjoyed. So, like, even if it is a genre that I don't like, I'll still have a good time with it, I think, because, like, for instance, I feel like he got a lot of crap for that aerials cover from System of a Down. I thought he was pretty solid on it, personally. So, yeah, I'm excited to listen to it regardless. And I probably will go back and listen to Hotel Diablo and compare and contrast, because I do remember that being one of my favorites that you gave me.
1: Well, heck yeah. Come back again, friends. Next week, we'll chat about these albums. Thank you for allowing us to invade your ear holes as I'm continuing to eat this lemon cake. <laughs> I'm trying not to do like mouth noises in the mic right now. This is not ASMR. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for coming back. Make sure to stop by the lovely folks here at the Brood Book in Davenport, Iowa. Let them know we sent you. We're not sponsored or anything, but they'll be happy to know you're here. <laughs> From us today, love yourself, love the planet, love each other. Go sports. Bye. <laughs>